Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is October 17th, and our reading comes from 1 Timothy chapter 2. Beginning in verse 1, Paul says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful, quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. So Paul just encourages us, let's pray for each other. The truth is we are all in the same battle, right? We're dealing with the same challenges, the same temptations, the same struggles, the same fears, the same problems. So let's pray for each other that God, let's give thanks for each other. Let's pray that God would help each of us to work through and to deal with the things that we're that we're facing. So important. And then he says, let's pray for our government leaders. And for us, that means let's pray for our president, let's pray for Congress, let's pray for our local leaders, our governor, let's pray for our state Congress, let's pray for our uh, local leaders here, our city council, our town councils, our board of education. You know, we've got people in all these different places who are leading and serving. Let's pray for them. Listen, even if you don't agree with them, even if you didn't vote for them. Let's pray. Let's ask God to help them. Let's ask that they would give their life to Jesus if they've not already done that. Let's ask that God would deepen and enrich their faith and it would influence everything they do and how they lead. Let's pray for wisdom. Let's pray that God would open their eyes to the truth. Let's pray that God would give them a passion for justice and helping people and caring for people. And so let's just pray over all of that and trust God to work in it. And listen, let's give thanks for them, Paul says. You know, they are serving and giving their life and giving their time to try to help and to lead these communities. So let's pray and to be thankful. And the truth is, when we pray for people this way, it changes our heart towards them. In fact, in America, if we would start praying and stop posting on social media, right, we could come together. It would bring a lot of healing into the soul of our nation. But rather than praying, we're complaining. Well, Paul says, listen, <laughs> Give up on the complaining and let's pray. Why? Because God wants everybody to be saved. And so let's ask God. Let's invite God into these situations. Then he says this, verse 5, there's one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. He gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. In other words, there is one way to have a relationship with God, to go to heaven, to be forgiven, to be adopted in God's family. There's only one way. It's Jesus Christ. He's the mediator between God and man. He's the one that bridged the gap and brought us together. How did he do that? He gave his life. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. So there's no other way. Jesus is the one and only way into heaven. And then he says this down in verse 8, in every place of worship, I want men to pray with holy hands lifted up to God, free from anger and controversy. Man, what a great word. So many times in the American church, men are passive and often even encouraged 
to remain passive. And what Paul says is, no, we got to stir the men up. The men need to lead spiritually. And when a man leads spiritually in his home and in his church, everybody flourishes and is blessed and benefits from that. And so here Paul is just calling out the man and say, come on, rise up, men. Let's lead spiritually. I want you to be praying. And then he says to the women, verse 9, I want women to be modest in their appearance. They should wear decent and appropriate clothing, not drawing attention to themselves by the way they fix their hair or by wearing gold or pearls or expensive clothes. For women who claim to be devoted to God should make themselves attracted by the good things they do. And so today, I think men and women both, we've got to dress modestly. We shouldn't be dressing in such a way to draw attention to our body, our sex appeal. That is for our spouse. Now, it's fine to look good, but let's not draw attention to our body and a sex appeal. Let's allow people to be attracted to us because of the way we live, because of our humility, our character, our good deeds, our love for God, and our love for people. Let's live in such a way that that causes people to pay attention to us and allows us to point those people to Jesus. I think modesty is so important. What a great word for our culture today is we want to live modestly. Then he says this, verse 11, women should learn quietly and submissively. He says, I did not allow a woman to teach men or have authority over them. Let them listen quietly for God made Adam first and afterwards he made Eve. Now this has been kind of a controversial verse throughout church history. And uh, I grew up in a tradition that said that basically a woman really can't talk in church. But what I've come to believe through the years as I've studied this passage is simply this. Paul is talking about the group at large. And then in this verse, chapter 2, verse 12, he turns and it, it becomes singular. So he goes from talking about women, plural, dressing modestly, to talking about a woman, a singular woman, who I think is out of order and is teaching heresy. And he's saying that woman needs to be taught and receive instruction quietly and stop teaching this stuff that's not in agreement with the truth and the teaching of the apostles. So I don't think verse 12 is a word to all women or to the church at large. I think it's a word to a specific situation, a specific woman, which is why it is singular and not plural. And I think that's very appropriate, right? Throughout the years here at Definition, there have been many times where we've had both men and women who started teaching something that did not agree with Orthodox theology. And we've had to go to them and say, you can't teach that. And sometimes it's not even necessarily they were teaching something wrong. Sometimes they're just majoring on a minor. And we've had to say, listen, we're not going to major on the minors here. We're going to stay focused. We're going to major on the majors, right? So there have been times we've had to tell a man or a woman that you can't teach what you are planning to teach. Why? For the protection of the whole church. And so I just love how Paul is giving Timothy this practical instruction so that they can build a healthy church culture where everybody can prosper and the impact the church makes in that community is maximized. We want to do the same thing. We think about Greensboro. 
Come on, let's pray for the leaders. Men, let's stand up and lead. Let's recognize everybody needs Jesus. He's the only way. Let's all be modest and allow people to be attracted to us by the way we live, not our sex appeal. And let's make sure that we're hanging on to solid theology. We're majoring on the majors like we said yesterday. We're staying focused on the gospel, what Jesus has done, the impact that has on our life, and how to live in love. How do we love God and love each other well? When we create church culture this way, then everybody naturally in a healthy culture naturally grows and prospers. Well, let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for this instruction. It's so practical, so helpful. And I just pray for Definition Church that you would help us to continue building and guarding healthy culture. Lord, I pray for all of our church members. I pray for every person listening. I pray for my friends and family. God, we're all facing the same challenges. Lord, I pray that you would help us all grow in our capacity to walk with you to live in your presence and to allow you to lead us and to help us navigate all these issues and situations we deal with in normal life. God, we pray for all of our government officials. We pray for our president and for our Congress, our national Congress, our state Congress. God, we pray for our local leaders. And God, we just pray that you would move in their hearts. We pray for revival in the hearts of of government officials at every level. God, today it seems like so many people who are in positions of authority are taking advantage of that authority for their own benefit rather than doing what's best for our nation. God, we pray that you would work in their hearts to change that, that you would draw them to yourself, that they would see that when they trust you and follow you and lead well, that it creates a country or a city where we can all grow and prosper. So God, we pray that you'd bless them. We thank you for their service and we pray for their soul. We pray for their salvation. We pray for their wisdom and spiritual maturity. God, help them to lead well. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me today. I hope that encourages you. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.